0: Creative Brain Candy by Creators
1: for Creators. The views and opinions stated in this podcast are that of the host and their guests. They are not the views and opinions of the network Creative Brain Candy. Hey, and welcome to the Stay Wild Trauma Child podcast. I'm Steph. And I'm Jamie, your trauma tour guides. Please keep your hands, arms, and legs. Oh, Jamie, we're their hosts.
0: As I was saying, we are two best friends that are openly sharing their healing journeys while navigating sudden loss, parenthood, relationships, mental health, and so much more.
1: So this is your trigger warning that Jame and I will be discussing highly sensitive topics, including abuse, domestic violence, and murder in most, if not all, of our episodes.
0: We aren't for the faint of heart. We cuss like sailors, and we have a pretty dark sense of humor. So if either of those things bother you, this is where your tour ends.
1: Oh, hey, Jame. Yeah. Don't forget to tell them that we aren't medical professionals.
0: Oh, yeah. We're definitely not medical professionals,
1: but we probably need them. <laughs> <laughs> so grab your favorite drink, get cozy, and get ready for a whole lot of laughs and maybe even a little bit of healing. Welcome
0: to the first episode of our subseries, The Demolition Diaries, where Steph and I will be deconstructing wounds, traumas, triggers, and the maladaptive behaviors that we develop as non-constructive coping mechanisms.
1: In this part of our series, we will be discussing the five primal wounds, which are abandonment, rejection, betrayal, injustice, and humiliation.
0: We will be talking about how our primal wounds affect us in day-to-day life, the masks that we use to protect ourselves from perceived risk, how to recognize, love, and support people with these wounds, and most importantly, how we and others are healing.
1: Fun Fact! We carry traits from each primary wound, but we always have one that is predominant. If you are curious what your primal wound is, we have included a quiz in our show notes created by Christina Wiltsey and Anna Stromquist of this Spiritual Fix podcast.
0: As always, thank you for listening. Now, let's get wild. Now as soon as I hit record, we're just like crickets. <laughs> it was such- I'll retell the story. How about okay. that? There was a little girl at the park today. Mm. And um, sorry, so ever since, have you noticed ever since Squadcast updated, like all these, they wanna show you all the new things? Yes. It keeps happening while we're recording. You're like, well, so I'm distracted. I'm like, squirrel, Mm-mm. no, I don't want to Jamie's
1: ADD is showing hardcore. <laughs>
0: um, but we were at the park and there was a little girl. There's two little girls, sisters. And they were playing with Noah, and, like, the the one that was closer to Noah's age was, like, roughhousing with him, and she was totally on his same wavelength. So I was like, okay, cool. Like, I'll let, like, the mom, I was kind of eyeing her before this, and I didn't realize she had the children with her before this for some reason because I was just in my own world studying for this episode. And so I was like, okay, like, she's cool with what's happening. Like, other parents might not be cool with their kids' roughhousing Mm -hmm. as much as Noah and this little girl world. And it was really freaking cute to see a kid that was, like, As fucking insane as he was. Just matching his energy running through the water. And then the older sister and Jason and I were just sitting there like two old ladies. Me and my 10 year old. She definitely
1: can be an old lady when she wants to. And
0: she was like, she was like, look at them. They're so cute. I think he has a crush on her. I'm like, oh my gosh. Uh, People watching. So then the oldest one gets involved and she starts like collecting water from the thing. uh, The splash, splash pad. And, like, spitting it at Noah. And that was handled. (laughs) And then Jace Lynn noticed. And she marched over there and she was like, you're not going to spit on my brother. Because the child had already been asked multiple times by me to stop. And I was laughing because, like, this was happening in the middle of me studying the injustice wound. And she just marched straight over there. And she's like, you're not going to spit on my brother. And I'm like, oh, my dear Jesus.
1: (laughs) Because that's my job. To be
0: fair, he he was spitting back.
1: Okay. Well, good for him to defend himself.
0: (laughs) But you know, also I watched the whole thing unfold, and she definitely initiated. Um, So yeah, I was studying this wound, and I realized Uh that I was a little harsh in the beginning
1: about the injustice. And the words are hard about the injustice wound.
0: I was a little harsh. Because the more I looked into it the last couple of days, I was like, wow, maybe this is my main issue.
1: That Jamie has the injustice wound and not just the, what was yours, the betrayal? Or was yours rejection? rejection? Mm.
0: Because the rejection wound can basically just be like the mask mm-hmm. that you present. But it's really the underlying issue is an injustice wound. And the way that they explain it on the spiritual fix, I was like, holy shit. And I didn't have enough time to write all these notes about it. Um, But I, let's see. Because I have notes on my notepad right here. Mm -hmm. I have notes on the Google Docs and I have notes on my phone. And I didn't have time to condense them and organize them. So, excuse
1: me. Everybody buckle up.
0: (laughs) Everybody buckle up. Because my ADHD thrives on those organized notes. So... We're gonna be everywhere because I have a lot of good points to oh, make. Yay, um, Steph! Love good Steph. I can't talk either. It's okay. words are hard. I've been using all of my talking skills on these children.
1: <laughs> the appropriate ones.
0: Yes, the appropriate ones. It. Do you know how much energy it takes to like consciously be nice to kids? Yes. I mean, I mean, really, <laughs> how, how much energy it takes to be kind to them when they're like reacting out of pure emotion yes. and you're just you don't do well with emotion why do you
1: think I'm no longer a preschool teacher
0: because <laughs> you have trouble being kind to kids no
1: because I got tired <laughs> of having to bite my tongue all the time
0: <laughs> yeah
1: however yeah. I that's why I always opted for the little ones because it's for me like I would rather be with kids Noah's age and younger all day long than to deal with um like not even jacelyn's age, because jacelyn's getting to the, the age where, like, you can hang out with her, but that, mm-hmm. I don't do well from, like, the five to, like, eight year range. Like, Ooh. when Mackenzie was that age, I, I literally looked at her, and I was like, kid, you need to hurry up and be, like, 12. I'll see you when you're not. So that we can be friends, because we are not friends, and I'm about to drown you in this pool. <laughs> <laughs> yep. She has now since survived to almost 15, so... We, we survived.
0: <laughs> yeah. Jason was a handful, but I, I do better with, like, once they hit five. Because right now, in Noah's age, like, he can't he can't communicate, and it's all on me to teach him. And so, like, everything, as of right now, everything that he does is, is purely a reflection of his environment. Mm-hmm. And so when he's being an asshole, I'm like, oh, I have failed today. And I'm so hard on myself, which is so funny that we're talking about that because this is literally plays into the injustice wound. Because it's not about what's unfair in the world. It's about what's not perfect and what's unfair that you're doing to yourself, too. Mm-hmm. Like, you're such a harsh critic of yourself as well. And once they said that, I was like, oh, shit. It's not just a harsh critic of others. But, um, yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> I totally lost my train of thought.
1: The hard part with but Noah, oh, though, is, though, he he's a COVID baby. So that's, like, throws in the whole other element of, like... For basically the first two years of his life, he never left the house.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's been interesting basically watching him socialize. and I'm proud of how well he's doing. Um, but, yeah, with Jacelyn, I'm I'm honestly loving this age. Like, earlier tonight, she was saying something about Noah, and they had just gotten into a fight, and I was like, Jacelyn, you're 10 years old at this point. You, you know, you've learned the skills to not engage with him. And I try to use bigger words because... Not bigger words, but, like, the correct terms. And she was like, yeah, but I don't know how to da-da-da-da-da. And I was like, mm. I was like, weaponized incompetence. I said, you do know how to do it. I've watched you do it. You're basically trying to convince yourself and everyone around you that you don't know how to do it, so you get out of the responsibility of doing
1: it. Mm-hmm.
0: And she sat there for a second, and she's like, well, you're right, but... <laughs> and I was like, Let me I tell love you this how age. you're wrong. Fucking, I fucking love this age
1: so much. Because I can have educated arguments with you instead.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, she doesn't, and she doesn't argue back. Like, if I'm kind to her, if I, like, you can be stern, but you can be kind.
1: She's also ridiculously smart, like.
0: It's annoying how smart yes, she is. Yes, it is. <laughs> it always has been. <laughs> and what's concerning, and I don't mean this in a comparison way at all, is, like, Noah is smarter than her in some ways. And so I'm worried for my future.
1: He's smarter in, like, the, um, I'm gonna survive and I don't need you to do it. Where Jaiselyn's like, yeah. I need you to explain. Like, she needs more of the road map and Noah's like, fuck the map. I'm gonna write my own goddamn map.
0: <laughs> yeah, so Noah's innovative. Like, yes. Noah's innovative. Oh my god, is he innovative. And <laughs> Jason is more emotionally intelligent. Like, you can speak to her like a child and you can explain things in a, chi- a child appropriate way and she knows how to read between the lines mm-hmm. and you're like i didn't mean to tell you all that and she's like yes but i gathered all that she's also and I'm like, Fuck.
1: full-blown pisces i know and he's a full-blown aries so <laughs>
0: i have polar opposites and i am a libra wanting balance yeah
1: I'm...
0: and then i found out the other day because she wanted a co-star so we downloaded it on our phone so if you get a friend request it is jacelyn and she's like i want to know what my sun and my moon and my rising and i want to know all the houses and i'm like girl i don't know enough to explain this to you like let me just help you out with a co-star and then you can sit and read about it all day she's like okay so we did download it and for the first time i see that she has virgo and scorpio as her moon and her rising (laughs) and i'm like i look at her and i was like i'm I'm so sorry. Like, you are so angry inside.
1: <laughs> and emotional. <laughs> but all
0: you can do is cry on the outside. <laughs> like, I pray for her first boyfriend or relationship. We've been saying like, that oh. forever.
1: Like, God bless the man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the amount of anger in that tiny body.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And it, all it can come out is, is like sadness. And I'm like, oh, dear. We need to teach you early on that sadness is that anger sadness is sadness's bodyguard.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, <laughs> it absolutely but, is.
0: Yeah, no, I I see a lot of my injustice wound in Jacelyn just because I'm not gonna pretend that my children don't have wounds. You know they do. I've created them. They're there, or they've been passed down through events. So it's been interesting studying this one because I'm like. It was the one, when, I, when we first started studying this, I was like, ew, it's the most hated one. Everyone hates the person with the injustice wound because they're the most unfair wound. Like, And then I'm like, wow, that's kind of my main one after studying.
1: Really? Why do you say yes. that? Yes. Do tell Jamie, spill the tea.
0: It's hard to explain in just like one sentence, um, but basically it's, it's, let me see what I wrote down. Deep down, they believe that if they don't maintain perfection, like within themselves and like around them.
1: That's all you had to say.
0: That that they're not worthy. That's all of you love. had to say. That <laughs> they're not worthy. Right? Yeah. It's like they don't get it l- right. They do
1: not maintain perfection. That was it. No, that was it, James.
0: <laughs> or if like you don't deem yourself useful. Aww. Or I read this other note that was like, oh god, see here's the uh, the. Disorgan unorganization.
1: Disorganized. Word is thro- Unorganized.
0: Things have to make sense and they have to be logical. Um, they have a very rigid way of thinking. And I use I'm I've gotten a lot better, but like this was a hundred percent me. But things have to make sense and they have to be logical. Like in my brain, I used to believe I can't be a good mom and not make her lunch homemade every single day. I can't. Like the two things cannot coexist. Mm-hmm. And that's how my brain used to operate. I cannot be a good mom and not take them to the park three times a week. It's just they don't, they can't coexist. I'm a bad mom if I don't take them. And I'm a good mom if I am. Two times, eh, no, you're still a bad mom. Like, you didn't hit the three times. That was your goal. And that's how I operated. So, and yeah. And I was like, oh, no. And I'm recognizing a lot of that in Jaiselyn just, like, through different things. And there was no helping this. So the problem with the injustice wound is there's, there, there's no preventing it really from forming, but there's a way to help heal it and like help your child if you're a parent listening to this. And we'll get into like how to heal it later on, but like there's a way to view it differently and change your outlook on it. But
1: so is the injustice wound like also like the number one people pleaser?
0: actually no they're the they're the least people pleasing
1: so it's are they like the biggest victim though like they try and play the yes. biggest victim
0: mm-hmm, which I did for a long time so the injustice wound so as we all talk have we uh, as we have talked about with the rest of our primal wounds, every moon.
1: W- wow <laughs> wow did you need to do some like <laughs> chorus exercises before this like num 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 <laughs>
0: I'm, I can't even think of them. So Latino, <laughs> I can't even think of them. And that was another thing I was studying—total ADHD moment. But like, also, it, it correlates with this, or it, it goes along with this. Is that in people with the injustice wound, like they pride themselves on their knowledge and their memory of things because everything is logical, and they pride themselves on knowledge and not feeling. And I beat, I bet, I beated, beated, beat myself up.
1: Beat yourself up.
0: This is this is becoming. I am completely sober. you guys, a hundred percent sober. I have beat myself up for so long because I have such a bad memory.
1: Um, but also, as we've learned, that's a huge trauma response because it's your brain protecting you from certain memories.
0: Yeah, I there's a term for it now. Disco- disassociative amnesia, cognitive amnesia. I don't know, but I came across mm-hmm. it the other day. But uh, yeah, so like I've been inherently. Like carrying around this injustice wound and not like knowing why. I can't remember. I think can't remember but there's a fucking injustice. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's... Where was I going with this injustice wound? You asked
1: a question. I don't remember what I asked. I think the last question I asked was about them being victims. Oh, you were talking about your memory and how you beat yourself up all the time about having a bad memory.
0: I was going to go somewhere else with it but simply basically the injustice wound is also has a corresponding mask every wound has a corresponding mask and it's a way that you protect yourself so with the injustice wound um it's the harsh critic mask and basically it's like i push perceived unjust people away to protect myself slash i need things to be fair to feel safe and how this is formed, they say it's formed by, like, the origin is triggered by the opposite sex parent and then I kind of had this thought that I was like so the opposite sex parent being like the masculine energy, mm-hmm. right? Because masculine energy is known to have this air of like right and wrong, mm-hmm. justice, you know men, fighting right and wrong, black and white
1: and usually they're the protectors, like they're the what make you yeah. feel safe
0: and you have to have a right and you have to have a wrong In order to fight a fight
1: Mm -hmm. you know what I
0: mean Um, it gets much more complex when you're like living in a feminine energy where you can accept that there are two truths and how that was explained today I thought it was so interesting I wrote it down when I was listening to their podcast and they said feminine energy basically the solution that leads to is nonviolent direct action and so you can still and when I when we say masculine energy and feminine energy, it it doesn't always we're not referring to male and female. Like we all carry both masculine and feminine energy. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of finding a balance here. So I just wanted to put that out there. But like basically, masculine energy is it's just very like abrupt. It's very like I've said black and white. And feminine energy is more complicated and soft nurturing. and um, nurturing and there's just many more layers to it i don't want to say that they're smarter or uh, i don't know yeah it has nothing to do with the
1: smartness of the energy it just has to do about women who stand in their masculine energy more so than their feminine energy are usually more independent it's your more independent women who can take care of all the things that i don't need a man because i can handle everything Where generally when a woman is able to fully stand in her feminine energy, usually, and this is not like a blanketed statement, but usually they're more feminine. You know what I mean? They get to be more loving and caring and nurturing and they, you know, generally they're the ones who are more into their hair and their makeup and they like pretty things. And that's not to say every woman that's in her feminine energy has to be extremely girly but more often than not they're more in touch it's the whole in touch with your feminine side like when they say a guy is in touch with his feminine side it's always that he's gay but no it's because he has a nurturing scent like a nurturing sense to him you know what I mean because he has a balance between his masculine and his feminine energies because you it's the yin and yang like you need both to truly function properly or in a balanced way.
0: Feminine energy can be perceived as like weak or codependent because we have been systematically like kind of conditioned to see strong as like loud and physical. And, and what I've been learning through all of this is that feminine is just as strong, if not stronger. And this really like put the nail in the coffin today when I heard these comments and how they were talking. They told this beautiful story about this man who like actually i don't want to say infiltrated that's not the right word but he infiltrated because i can't think of a better word the Klux Klan, and he became friends with them and he believed completely opposing beliefs but he sat in the fact that like there was two truths here based off the way that they
1: perceived the mm-hmm. world perception is reality
0: yes yes and so they he sat over on his side like saying the grass is green and they're like no the grass is blue and he's like or the sky or whatever example you want to use and he's like okay well i'm going to accept that you are believing that and that, that is your truth but i'm going to sit over here in my truth i'm going to respect you and i'm not going to reject it and whatever and so he basically infiltrated became friends with them and he has over 200 ku klux members have turned over their their hoods mm-hmm. or their whatever robes. The, their robes to to him and he keeps them as a as a memory to himself as a reminder to himself that like you can win over with nonviolent direct action. And how he came in and he just kind of spoke his truth and he also accepted them and befri- befriended them. And not everybody has that power and Mm-mm. that capability and that tolerance. But she said this line and I was like, "Oh my god." And she said, "Darkness does not alleviate darkness." So fighting like the the clashing mm-hmm. the masculine energy like you're fucking wrong, you're horrible, which we're seeing a lot of yes. lately in our political environment and just our world. So she said, darkness does not alleviate darkness. Darkness is an absence, not a presence. And you want to be a presence. You want to bring a light to the darkness. You want to be the Mm -hmm. presence. And then you can change the darkness. And I was like, oh my God. So now that I've told a bunch of stories. (laughs) uh, That's what we do. Basically, the injustice wound is making, like your, your whole purpose, your whole drive in life is making what's unfair, fair. You, they feel like it is their personal responsibility. Um, which is difficult because so tend... much in
1: life truly is not fair. Like, there's no way mm-hmm. to make everything fair in life. It's just, it's not no. possible.
0: And I tied that in that, well, that comes with how to heal. But, um, and they tend to like be a really harsh critic and villainize others or situations to basically get
1: their point mm-hmm, across. Which we've seen firsthand um, with certain people.
0: And I've done firsthand <laughs> and it can be a learned behavior. And the problem with this is that like, there's, there's really, like I said in the beginning of this episode, there's really no way of preventing it. It's basically like when it happens, you have to help mold your child or who, you know, whatever small brain mm-hmm. mind and is in your life to try and help them see it another way um, and help them process those emotions so they don't get stuck in the injustice wound trap
1: Um, it's really easy to see how so much of this really is can be inherited from your parents because i remember asking mm my mom why a friend of mine was always so catty and always acted like she was better than everybody else and my mom just blatantly looked at me and was like well that's because that's how her mom acts and i was like what She's like, that's exactly how Mrs. So-and-so acts towards people. So her daughter has picked up on that's how you treat people. That's how you act. That's how you talk about people when they are not around. And I was just kind of like, oh, oh, because I never saw that side of her mom. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because she was always very nice to me and always very proper and was like the perfect mom, you know? So when my mom turned around and said about somebody who was one of her really good friends she's like yeah no that's exactly how her mom acts her mom talks about people like that like people truly don't realize how much your kids absorb your personality or pieces of your personality so
0: yeah if you grow up with a scarcity mindset and you're constantly hearing your child like we don't have money because of the government and da, da 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 like now while that may be partial that's my injustice when speaking i'm gonna shut the shut the entire More. fuck up because that's not i was gonna say while well, that might be partially true people are really financially struggling because of the economy and the government right now but i'm not gonna put my opinions into yes. this but so i'm trying to say if a child grows up hearing we don't have money and it's because of the government and it's because of this they'll start developing this in, this injustice mm-hmm. wound. like life isn't fair it's happening to me not for me and just everything is unfair and they learn to start placing blame on everything that is not them now the thing here is i would like to for our listeners separate that injustices we're not talking about like the systemic sexism racism that is an injustice and when christina and it's not sophia when the spiritual fix podcast was talking about this it was really interesting because they said how they measure injustice, whether it's their wound or it's a literal injustice in the world, mm-hmm. is they say if this happened to a hundred people, would all most all of them react and feel similarly, or is this or would they react differently? And if they reacted differently, then this is my wound, and. If they react similarly, then this is probably an injustice, a legitimate mm-hmm. injustice going on in the world. It isn't my wound. It is actually a problem, um, because that's where the lines can get blurred. You know, I don't want, I don't want to hear, or I don't want to put out that, like, you need to be accepting and, and tackle everything. I, I you know, there are injustices out there. Not everything is a wound is what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. You know, like, uh, so- like all the things that, that are wrong, you know, um, you know sexism everything you and I talk about wages women's mm-hmm. wages you know workplace racism workplace sexism just so much so we're talking about like the interpersonal injustices yes
1: like the woe is me and I, I need everything to be fair and you know Bobby got three more brownies than I did and you know yes, that kind yes, of thing Exactly. Like, and we're not and, and it's not a matter of like equality either like taking away equal rights of things but it is a matter of like it's it's no it's like my mom always told me growing up when I would be like it's not fair that John gets to do this and she'd be like well when you are his age because he is four years older than you yes you will get to have a later curfew and you will get to do things that your brother gets to do now like those were quote unquote injustices in my life when perceived injustice so you know like yeah some some things in life are not is not fair are not fair you know what i mean like yeah but we're not like you said we're not talking about the things in life like racism in all that in this sense of an injustice it's things that you believe are an injustice in your world
0: yeah so you know thoughts similar to like i can't i can't work because my kids are at home screaming and this that and the other it's it's basically just a bunch of excuses um, and it's not fair. It's not fair that I can't do this. And it's like, no. No, you can't do this because you have poor communication skills and you don't make plans and you, you you know, use your time poorly. Like, that's really the truth here. You are an, doing an injustice to yourself and refusing to see that. You're still placing the blame and where you kind of, like, level up. And this is not a level up. This is not a glow up. Is when you stop blaming others and you kind of turn that inward and you kind of go through this odd transition where, you, like, you first started out blaming others and then you start in that fun period of blaming yourself and a lot of self-hatred and then comes the phase of like i can control this i have control over this um and it is not unfair because i can make it not unfair and i'll be okay if it ends up being unfair because not everything is black and white and you have to train your brain the world is many shades of gray, mm-hmm. and you're living in it but how this wound develops like i've been saying like it's, it's not something that you can really prevent because these people's lives are literally littered with injustice like i would tell you that story you know i would tell you stories and you're like wow that really that really is not fair and because i wasn't molded to look at it and view it and handle it and process it a certain way i ended up blaming a lot of other people because that's the behavior that was modeled Mm -hmm. for me but these people do they do have things to feel that they were done wrong you know what I mean
1: but I think at a lot of times like you said before there's no accountability on their part they're, a lot of times they're always looking to place the blame on somebody else but they're not necessarily looking to say like what was my part in this
0: I'm talking about how, yes, yes, you're 100% right in adulthood. I'm talking about more so, like, as a child. Things that were out of your control and when this wound
1: fought. Oh, I got I got what you're saying, yeah. There was
0: a lot of things that happened, and it's like, you watched how, you know, okay, my, my dad and my mom split up, and, or my stepdad and my mom up and all the blame was placed on him and everything was just blamed on him and i felt like it was so unfair my life was completely changing and i was having all of these feelings as a young child as a teenager and all i observed was my mom placing blame you know and this was the adult this was the person that was supposed to model healthy you know emotional processing and so that's how my brain started to learn how to process things Um, There was no accountability. You know, if you're going to have those open and honest conversations with your child, like if they are experiencing an injustice with you and going through an injustice with you, and you're going to be open with your child as much as to blame the other parent or whatever it may be, that's where the wound starts to form. And it's not always the other parent. This is just an example. Like, just there's tons of injustices we can experience. Um, But if you're going to be that open you also need to show your child that you can take accountability and you're not a victim here and like shit happens but we're going to be okay mm-hmm. um so basically injustice wound people feel that they were treated unfairly or something was taken away from them and that can happen through death it can happen through i mean we experience not a single person on this planet hasn't experienced an injustice mm-hmm. in their childhood and up until now obviously and that's what I mean by like this is not preventable. Like we are all going to be to experience this, but it's preventable. The wound forming is preventable by how the person caring for the child.
1: It's funny that you say that because as as you are saying that, I am reading this one thing that you have written down, and it says your opinion in your space wasn't given equal measure with someone else. And the first thing that comes to mind for me. And this may not uh, register for you because you didn't grow up with a sibling. Like, I know you have half-siblings and step-siblings, but you didn't grow up with siblings Um, in the same sense that, like, John and I grew up. And I remember, like, and even you've talked about how you've parented Jaiselyn one way, and your parenting style is very different with Noah. And, like, John will say stuff about how I was raised versus how he was raised And I even know other siblings when they talk about like, oh, my parents were so strict when I was growing up and then so-and-so got to do whatever they wanted. And like, I think that's where a lot of the injustice wound starts is that it's the differences on how you're parented, because even though you you're raised in the same house, I mean, I have five step siblings. And if you look at all five of them, they've all been parented differently. Because, well, first of all, each child needs different parenting. But you can definitely see how the injustice wound starts unintentionally. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, let's be honest. Parenting is trial by error. Like, nobody knows what the hell they're doing straight out the gate. So you hope the more kids you have, the better you get down the line. (laughs) As the years go. You know what I mean? Like I'm
0: done. I'm done. So this is as good as I can.
1: <laughs> but like but I can see when you said you like space wasn't given equal measure with someone else. Like I I can see how things change. Like maybe for one child growing up, like they always had to share a bedroom and then it was like another child was born and mm-hmm. I don't know somebody somebody finally got to have their own room but that oldest child had always had to share a bedroom you know what I mean like stuff like that it it's not always this major thing that happens in life to create these injustices but it's just something that was like an unfair treatment and not necessarily in an abusive manner or in a hateful way like it, it can be something innocent quote unquote you know.
0: Yeah, and I feel like the injustice wound can be the most rigid and the harshest wound because when you think of, you know, abandonment or rejection or betrayal and you think about the actions associated with those things. Now abandonment can tie in with death and that's why abandonment and injustice get along actually pretty well. But with injustice, you know, when you think about those wounds, if they're actions that are done and those people are still out there in the world, and typically with injustice like something really now it could be on the scale that you were talking or something like really bad happened. someone died someone something really bad happened right and with abandonment and rejection and betrayal and humiliation maybe even possibly um you can reach out later and you can get some closure and maybe some explanations and and something and sometimes with injustice or always with injustice in this case if someone dies like there's no closure. And if you're a young child experiencing all these feelings and you don't have a parent to help you like learn how to process these things in a healthy way, you can really, really start to develop this sense of self-hatred and this really harsh critic within yourself because you're like, I, I should have. I know I did. When my grandmother died, I was like, I beat myself all to hell. I should have spent more time with her. I should have done this. I should have done that. And my mom was grieving so hard because she she's never dealt well with death. Um. In the injustice that comes with death like it's not fair we de- we deserve more time we she should have had better care you know you witness pam mm-hmm. and all of the things that unfolded yeah there was a lot of injustice now was there yes but she was very loud about it and i feel like a lot of the time the focus wasn't just on pam and it but even though it was
1: yeah i get what you're saying so
0: and sometimes like you can fight the good fight and you can fight the injustice but you also need to use the words a lot of words with the eyes watching you to explain, like, I'm fighting this, but let's talk about our feelings mm-hmm.
1: around
0: it. So it can be preventable. It's just... It's a tricky one. And you can develop a lot of rigid rigidity.
1: Well, and and I, I think use, using death is probably the best way for the injustice wound because I look at, like, Gianni and Sophia losing their mom... When they were Mm -hmm. literal babies. You know Gianni was two and a half. Going to be three. And Sophia had literally just turned four. What could possibly be more unfair in life. Than to have one of your parents taken away from you. You know what I mean. In the blink of an eye. And you have no idea.
0: And these events start to form. Rights and Mm -hmm. wrongs in your head. Blacks and whites. Um, And I mean you just start to form them. And. So basically your expectations for yourself and others is essentially in your harsh critic mask. And these expectations that you hold are literally a protection because if I don't associate myself with someone who does X, Y, and Z, this will probably, this injustice will probably never happen to me again because I've noticed a pattern of Mm -hmm. behavior or a pattern of something within this surrounding this injustice I experienced. And if I notice it within others and I push myself away from them, it's very unlikely that it'll happen to me again and i don't have to be subjected to the unfairness and be triggered by that because i'm watching this person drive drunk and i lost my dad to drunk driving this this is an example i didn't somehow he has survived as an alcoholic all of these years oh apparently he's eight months sober he reached out to me um anyways but shockingly and surprisingly uh my father has survived.
1: But but okay, to go off of your example, it's no different than when you know somebody has been clean and sober for a really really long time and then something happens to them and that then then they're taken away. You know, then they then they pass away. Mm-hmm. And then everybody knows that local scumbag that should have been gone a long time ago and he is still you know running free and doing whatever fucking shitty behavior he's doing you know what i mean and some people look at that as being an injustice
0: and doing all of the drugs and all yeah. of the partying, and he's still alive and out there with all of his friends but the person who actually tried to you know what yes <laughs> this is where i'm getting a little personal over here
1: but yes yes um
0: people like him get to live and People who deserve to live. Yeah, aren't.
1: but like they say, so, only the good die young.
0: Hmm. Our injustice wounds. They are. are. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that that because that, that's a gaping hole for us, apparently. <laughs> Moving on.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but it also can flip sometimes. Like there's just many different faces inside the injustice wound. Sometimes as when people develop a savior complex and they have this like altruistic like if I save, I need to save my fixation, my fixation person from mm-hmm. themselves. And I, I need to so that's where it works really well with like abandonment. That explains Making a sometimes lot. step in and be the savior. Yeah. Um, and I can fix what has happened in the past. Like me me I can balance the scales and I can make it fair Mm -hmm. if this person gets clean and sober and doesn't die then I have righted the wrong the injustice that happened to me so long Uh ago and you know they're not operating out like that's not what they're saying out loud but that's the internal feeling and fear which makes so much sense as to why she did that whole freaking tour of all of her exes like did I change your life because I was like what in the ever loving fuck is happening to you like why does it matter? Do you remember that? Who? When she started, when my mom started contacting all of her ex Not all, I say all, like she has eight. I mean. One, but... <laughs> Jesus Christ, don't <laughs> me. <Stephanie. laughs> when she started contacting her exes, and you know what? You live closer than I do, so talk all the shit you want. If she can more easily show up to your door. Good luck. Um, But, no, when she, she only went around to like two, one. I don't know. And she's like, I just wanted to know if I made an impact. And I'm like, it's clear that you didn't. And you just kind of need to accept that. You know, like, he's still drinking. He's still doing drugs. Like, he was on and off sober for many years. Um, He's still very much the same person inside.
1: Like,
0: you didn't make an impact. And that's okay. If you had made
1: an impact, y'all would probably still be together. Or he would have gotten sober. Like, Yeah. If you make an impact enough for somebody to change their life, you fucking know it. That's not something you have to question. You and I both know firsthand what it is like to have such an impact on somebody's life that they literally want to give up everything they've ever fucking known and start over. Like, you don't, Mm -hmm. we don't have to question that if we had an impact on somebody's life.
0: But yeah, I think what I was saying is I think, you know, you and I have talked a lot about how, like, My main thing for years is I always come back to, I observe how they handle others and like what they do and what they say. And that's my basis on whether I choose to be close with them or not. And that's literally the injustice wound, a 100%. I judge people based on how they act and what they say. I mean, so I guess we all have a little bit of it, but I will literally reject people and not talk to them anymore. If I'm like, I don't like what I see, I perceive it as right or wrong. And I don't want that in my life. So, but I feel like everyone does that to a degree.
1: I think we definitely do it more now than we ever did. Because before I think we were willing to tolerate a lot more bullshit than we are now. And now Mm -hmm. we really don't tolerate any bullshit. Very little. Very, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. I think part of that also comes from the fact that like when you're younger you want to be friends with everybody and you have to have this huge group of friends and you got to be friends with everybody and accept everybody and as you get older you realize it really goes from quantity to quality like I'd rather like Logan said we'd rather have your four quarters you know and and not have you know 15 fake friends and only have three really good friends. I would rather, you know what I mean, have a smaller group of quality people in my life than to sit here and be like, wow, I have 25 friends and I can't call any of them right now when I need something, you know, like, so I I think that's a big thing is like, as you get older, yeah, you, like, the one example you've used that, like, if somebody's gonna be um, prejudiced towards gay people, like, you can't be friends with them. Like, there's, I don't think there's yeah. anything wrong with that. I'm the same way, like.
0: Well, that's a legitimate injustice.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it absolutely is. It is, because you're.
0: And we're not talking about just being gay here. I think if you put a hundred people in a room and you were like, if you were cruel and mean to someone because they're different yeah. than you. Is it right? Is it right or wrong? Like, leave out being gay yeah. or, or race or
1: anything. I mean, It's even, it's even like when people use certain words, like the word retarded, like I said it the other day and I was like, holy shit, did I really just come out of my mouth? Like, uh, and that like used to be a word that I said all the time, like when I was younger and then I became really good friends with, um, somebody whose daughter's dual diagnosed with autism, autism, excuse me, and down syndrome, like, and to use that word, like that word was immediately taken out of my vocabulary. Like and I would not hang out with somebody because you saw how hurtful. Yeah, and was. I would not hang out with somebody who consistently says that word. It'd be no different than if somebody was constantly dropping the N bomb. Like I'm not gonna hang out with somebody who's well, talking like that. Like,
0: and, and to me, just like as a side note, I think aside from injustice, because like, do I think oppressing people with their words and saying those cruel things is wrong and it's an injustice? Absolutely, but on like a a side tangent from that like i think is a judge of their character and a judge of their level of education and knowledge yes and i'm like i just i can't fucking be friends with someone who's that ignorant I i can't i can't tolerate even being around them it's not an injustice it's just like and this is so this little tangent is not even related to the injustice wound as much as it's like you obviously haven't taken the time to educate yourself on how you know, those words are so hurtful and harmful to people. And having that in your vocabulary, even floating around in your brain, it's just a waste of fucking it space. It is. You could fill your brain with... You could exchange those words out for, for better words.
1: So this conversation kind of piggybacks off of the story you were telling about the guy who became friends with all the KKK members. Because mm-hmm. sometimes all it takes is a conversation and a little bit of perspective because people still wonder how racism in 2022 is still alive and well. Well, that's because there's still people out there that have never had a conversation with somebody and learned the different perspective. They haven't been willing to sit down and open their mind to somebody else. You know what I mean?
0: So. I have a really good example of this and it's going to seem small to some of our listeners maybe. And I might get some eye rolls, but like it is as small as this. The other day, a couple weeks ago, I told Zach, I was like, did you know that there is a lot of terms that are used today that, that come from slave days, like slavery? And he's like, no. So I gave him an example and I said, I want you to think about this. All I'm going to say is two words and I want you to think about this. It is now called, a lot of contractors are now calling it the main bedroom. It used to be called the master bedroom.
1: hmm
0: And when presenting designs to African-American people, it's kind of a slap in the face because they know. It's such common knowledge among the African-American people that the master bedroom is named master bedroom because it was, it was for the master mm-hmm. of the house. And I had, it didn't even, didn't even like register in my brain. And a lot of contractors that care, you know, are changing the narrative of, like, how this is the main bedroom, period. Um, it's not the master. It's not the master bath. It's not the master bedroom. It's nothing. It's the main. And I didn't know that that was so hurtful. And it's just, it's as small as that. It's as small as educating yourself. And when people don't educate themselves, and they, you know, they don't, some people don't know anybody, any better and I also kind of, I guess, observe their reaction to that knowledge that I share with them. And if they roll their eyes and they're like, oh, "That's stupid," da, 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 I'm like, "It's not stupid. It's interesting because someone out there, someone out there is still reeling, you know, from this, and they just hold a lot of pain, and that's okay. It's valid. And if you could avoid that for one person, why mm-hmm. wouldn't you?
1: Well, and I think a lot of people forget that not everybody is raised the same way we all assume that everybody has internet and computers in their homes but the but the reality is in 2022 there are still people who do not have internet and do not own their own computer maybe they don't even have a tv in their house with more than you know just the basic cable on it so some people are still and i'm not making excuses for people but as we've said in previous episodes you can't do better until you know better so if people are not educated and like take a little podunk white predominantly white town in the middle of nowhere what are they going to be focused on they're going to be focused on some sort of christianity within their religion they're going to be focused on whatever roots have been grown in that tiny little town forever that's not to say that there's not progressive people in that town but more than likely, everybody in that tiny little town is going to have the same mentality.
0: And I believe that people that have that mentality have different components to their character. And that's why I give people a chance when they say something. I'll, I won't correct them. I don't like using that. But I, I will share the knowledge mm-hmm. I have learned. And I watch their reaction. And if they're open to learning that and they're sensitive to like, wow, that I didn't think about that. That could be hurtful. Um, or I had no idea, this is crazy, tell me more, then it's like, okay, there's a chance for them. They want to learn more. They want to know more. And if they start saying ignorant statements, I I haven't, I can't label that as a truth. So, but we're getting into like yeah. racism and politics where that's an actual injustice. So that's, the Klu Klux Klan was a, a touching story, but like more power to them because I don't know if I could be around that. It would be really difficult for me. My masculinity takes over.
1: I think that's one of those situations where it's the ignorance of the family where it keeps being passed down to generation to generation. You know what I mean?
0: Yes. But I also think, so that you know how I was saying in the beginning how it's triggered by the opposite Mm -hmm. sex parent? So my thought is, you know, there's a lot of single moms out there who have had to really embody the masculine energy to to survive. And I think mine developed because my mother has this, like, hyper-independence about her. And she carried 100% masculine energy. I'm talking like, I had no fucking clue how to do my hair. I taught myself how to do my makeup. I mean, she took care of herself. Like, she was a very clean, you know, shave, you know, wash her face. But she would just wash her face and put lotion on it. That's it. Mm -hmm. There was no, like, there was no routine. There was no femininity to it. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't fault her for it because she had no time because she was she had to embody more masculine energy and take charge and bring in the money and pay the bills um so i don't fault her for that but i was raised with a more masculine energy so that i think that's that's a component to this i don't think it's always triggered by for me like it wasn't triggered by my dad i feel no injustice by what he did Uh, was it wrong yeah sure i had no control over it i'm over it it didn't really impact me when he contacted me the other day and he's like, I don't know why you're mad at me. I just wanted to write back and be like, dude, you don't even spell my name right. We don't really have any real relationship or connection. Why are you fighting for this so hard? It's it's because you feel so much. Yes. Death. But can you really truly say that we love each other? Like, I mean, maybe as a parent to a child. Yes. But like from a child to a parent perspective, from me to him, like, I truly do not feel any
1: love. There There's no relationship. Because there was.
0: Yeah. And I felt so guilty for so long saying that. But it's like, I don't know this man. How the fuck can I love someone I don't know? Because I was raised with this masculine energy. It's very black and white. I think very black and white. And so I've come off very cold and harsh. I mean,
1: in, in reality, how would it be any different, Jamie, if your next-door neighbor knocked on your front door and said, Jamie, I love you?
0: Fucking weird.
1: I barely Exactly. So how is it any and different? And
0: you pick... <laughs> And you picked a fight with my my favorite other neighbor the other day, so no, no.
1: <laughs> oh, now we're getting a whole other topic. Sorry for my example.
0: There's there's no shortage of drama in this neighborhood. Somebody maced someone the other what? day. What? Because you tell the tea. Yeah, because the, there was a there was somebody who's struggling with addiction, oh. really bad. Really bad. Like there's a lot there's a lot here. Um, and he was walking down the street. And he's kind of notorious, and he tried to fight Zach the other night when he got oh, home. Jesus. He like, took off his shirt and everything, and Zach's like, dude, I have power tools, and like I'm fucking tired, and I'm trying to get in my driveway, so please move. And the guy took his shirt off, and he's like, you won't go? And Zach's like, I will literally run you out over. I'm so tired. Um, but anyways, no, he was walking past our friends, and he called the guy a Hispanic slur that rhymes with chick. Mm. And the guy was like, you know, I'm a person of color. I try not to engage with those things. I just let it go, you know, roll off my back. He's like, but unfortunately I am married to a very white, uh, very Jersey woman. And she, she, she maced him. She went down there and she said, what, she maced him. And I'm like, oh my God, what are, like, I feel like I'm living in Shameless.
1: Oh my goodness. Really? I'm,
0: I'm, I'm on a very interesting border of safe and unsafe. I hear gunshots every night.
1: Oh no. Yes. I don't like that. I was
0: not informed. I was not informed of that when moving here. Like we go if you go this way that's the Simba, that's the badlands. And then if we go this way it's like very rich, very nice and I'm like right in the middle. Where it's like a mix of both. Like you see people that are definitely on some heavy drugs walking down the street. You see needles in the grass. Like it's it's pretty it's pretty intense here. Oh. This is a part of my character development. I hate that for you. I do love it, though. But it's also very... Eye-opening. It's just... It's... A, whew, yeah. It's it's definitely eye-opening. Mm-hmm. But it's necessary. But also, like, Jacelyn's school, I got her school supply list, and she only needs four things. Whereas in North Carolina, we needed, like, 800, but everything here is funded. But
1: so, it's also a an eye-opening thing about conversations you have to have with your children
0: yep don't pick up needles in the Yep. don't touch that if you see if you see someone walking towards you on the street like you just you got to walk the Mm -hmm. other direction um like if you know they've but they can clearly not Noah as much but jacelyn clearly can identify someone who's on drugs
1: and that's sad at 10 years old you shouldn't have to worry about that
0: yeah yeah and some of them are aggressive so she's learning how to like use her voice a little bit more you know by watching me being like nope no thank you please get away from my car Mm -hmm. i don't have any money for you um because they built they gutted out like a motel a mile a mile from our house and all of the homeless tent city is now living there and they don't require drug tests to stay
1: really yeah i mean how are they gonna i mean do that
0: which I try to really set aside my judgmental side for that, but also, like, I have children, so I want to show them how to help, but I'm also, like, you can't help in tandem be worried for their safety. It's only a mile away. The gunshots have picked up since they moved in. I mean, they feel and sound like they're right next door. But back on topic, Mm. injustice moon. I'm fighting with it hard. I'm like it's not fair that they live so close and my kids are in danger but it's also not fair what's happening to them and like the life they have to live and what you know I don't know what led them to be addicts I don't
1: there's always a so, choice that is the one thing yeah, always... my friend Kelsey has a very big soft spot for homeless people there's a yes. her dad um, does a lot of mission work up in Boston and Kelsey wants to if she could save all the homeless she would And one thing her dad always has to remind her is, for most of them, it is an active choice to be homeless. If they didn't want to be on the streets, they wouldn't be on the streets. Now, some people end up there, but there's also people who choose to stay there. Yeah, I mean,
0: there's a difference between ending up there and then staying there. Like, there's a guy on the corner, and he's been on the corner since we lived here, and I'm like... I, you know, we get the news, right? Like, and there's a homeless shelter two blocks that away.
1: Well, that's the thing. They have, there's resources. Now, don't get me wrong. The homeless populations have gotten way out of control. Like they're, they're massive in certain areas. And
0: and most of us are only one or two mistakes away from being homeless ourselves. Like if we didn't have family and support.
1: But also a lot of those Uh... people have burned bridges and were given the Mm -hmm. support and chose not to, you know. So that is the, that's the harsh reality that comes along with injustices in the world.
0: (laughs) See, Steph and I just modeled perfectly for you all of the shades of gray. There's no black and white in the situation that I'm experiencing. And you can do good and also have like an honest and logical observation of the situation like Jason and I can go hand out water bottles because they're fucking human
1: beings and they
0: deserve water but also
1: I'm not going to stand here and give you $20 when I see you on the same street corner every day
0: yeah yeah and I and I've lived here now long enough to know that like I've researched programs because I've wanted to volunteer somewhere to do things so I know what they offer I know Mm -hmm. what you can walk in and be offered and it's kind yeah so you there's a good example but um, yeah, I wrote down right and wrong or relative, black and white are subjective, but don't use that as a justification to stay in victim mode, rather as a hopeful observations and as a mean to means to a solution. Um, so black and white are subjective. So I what, what I my mind when I was writing that was like, for a long time as I was transferring out of blaming everyone else to blaming myself, I also went through this phase of like someone would give me a solution and for every solution I would shoot back three more problems or excuses. Mm. And I'm like, I can't do you the you, you know? And that was me using the relative and the subjective to come up with all of these possible scenarios and reasons as to why I was still the victim here. And that's what I'm saying, don't you need to shift your mindset and this we're kind of working in or transferring or what what's the word we're going we're now moving on to the topic of how to heal there (laughs) transition. we are so grateful to those of you who have allowed us to take up space in your lives and supporting us while we share some of our most
1: vulnerable moments as james said your support means the world to us so we would absolutely love to know your thoughts on the show so please leave us a review on any of our platforms and also make sure to follow us on tiktok instagram facebook and twitter the links are posted in our show notes this concludes your tour of Stay Wild Trauma Child. Please remain seated until oh God, James. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. We love you and as always, stay wild!